Mark chapter 9, verse 2. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as n- sorry, such as no one on earth could bleach them. Elijah and Moses appeared and were talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all of this by saying to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good that we're here. Let's make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't know how to respond, for the three of them were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice spoke from the cloud. This is my son, whom I dearly love. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm Jess Kiefer. Today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast, we continue in this series looking at how do we encounter and better engage Scripture by actually experiencing Lectio Divina. That's right. Mm -hmm. We are excited for this, and we will uh, be encountering this, as you might have guessed based on the intro, by looking and hearing together Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 8. The Grand Transfiguration Story. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to actually guide you through this. So if you're driving in your car, don't shut your eyes. Please keep driving. But if you're at home... <laughs> if you, you're on the riding lawnmower, meh. It's, <laughs> it's maybe. debatable. It's debatable. You know your yeah. yard. Uh, but if you're... <laughs> If you're at home, if you have a moment, you know, if you are cleaning or cooking and you have a moment to just sit down, I encourage you to actually take that moment of rest to engage with this. Um, And if not, that's okay too, but take the moment to actually spend the time because we're actually going to give you the pockets of silence that are required to really engage with this. Because we are actually doing this too. Because we're actually doing this right alongside. I'm so excited. We're practicing what we're preaching. Yeah. Look at us. So Lectio Divina, here we go. So as we go through this, um, know that you're going to hear a reading aloud from a different voice, and then you'll hear my voice come in with a question. And then you'll be given some time to spend with God, with the reading of the scripture, in the silence. You will find your place of rest. Listen now for the reading of the word. What word or phrase is jumping from the page, from the listening, to grab your attention? Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and brought them to the top of a very high mountain where they were alone. He was transformed in front of them, and his clothes were amazingly bright, brighter than if they had been bleached white. Elijah and Moses appeared and were talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all of this by saying, 
Jesus, Rabbi, it's good that we were here. Let's make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't know how to respond. For, three, for the three of them were terrified. And then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice spoke from the cloud. This is my son, whom I dearly love. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. brighter than if they had been bleached white. Elijah and Moses appeared and were talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all of this by saying to Jesus, Rabbi, it is a good, it is good that we're here. Let's make three shines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't know how to respond, for there were three of them there that were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice spoke from the cloud. This is my son, whom I dearly love. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. final reading of the word. What concrete action is God calling you to in the next two weeks? What is the small thing that you can do in response to the reading and the Lectio Divina of the scripture? Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore but only Jesus.
the beauty of when we practice Lectio Divina in community, um, which I've had the privilege of getting to do with college students, with uh, groups of women, groups of churches getting together. Um, it's also a practice that you can just do around your family table. Mm. You can do this practice where you leave silence and you you allow each person to read and ask a question of the text. And then at the end, you can shut your Bibles and you can have a discussion of of where God was wrestling with you. And my invitation whenever um, there's a community present is to allow that process. Some of us are internal processors, so we might not have anything we're ready to share, and that's okay. But some of us are external processors, yep. and that's <laughs> all three of us around this table. Yep. So it actually helps to seal in the practice, I think, for the three of us. Yeah. So that's what we want to do now is we just kind of want to model what that kind of discussion as a family or a small group or a group of friends around a dinner table can mm. look like. Um, so here's the invitation. What jumped out? What's your word or phrase? What's your emotion? What's your action? You're welcome to share none of it, all of it, or just pieces of it. My word jumped out. I, I know, I know. And it's, and it's one that jumps out anytime it comes up because it seems to come up often in scripture mm. whenever crazy mystical things are happening. Yeah. There are terrified on, it's always yeah. nice. it's not just like and they were like confused it's like no. they were terrified yeah. like what like when i hear that word in scripture so often i'm always like trying to think back to the last time i would have said i was terrified of something mm-hmm. and like i don't i honestly don't know if i can remember like unless not like sitting in a scary movie like that kind of brings yeah. up that kind of terror but like i what i don't know like is that i don't and i don't know the greek and all this stuff so maybe it's like you know could have been translated better but i don't know to me that just seems like if it's it's jesus this person that at this point they know kind of well right Mm -hmm. mark's mark kind of flip like goes through stuff pretty quickly but i feel like they've spent some time with jesus at this point these guys and i don't know just having like this experience on a mountain and then all of a sudden they're terrified like of what's happening that that kind of brings up like a lot of questions for me of like what is so like is it I don't know. Like, what are they terrified of from seeing Jesus talk to Elijah and, and yeah. Moses is, is the question for me. And that's the beauty of Lectio is that, you know, Pat, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Melissa are sitting at the table, but it's not our job to tell you what that means. Um, yeah. But rather it's kind of where you ended, which is that you have lots of questions. And it means that if there's questions, there's wrestling with the mm-hmm. scripture happening. Well, and that's the invitation mm-hmm. to the wrestling. Um, so often we encounter scripture. And the thing I love about Lectio is that we encounter it um, not always seeking an answer, but seeking to engage. Yeah. And and a lot of times we come to scripture looking for a specific answer, like it's the use, the owner's manual for my Ford F-150 or something right. to tell me how to change my blinker. Um, <laughs> but I love that you're wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Often the holy places, the, the, the emotion that jumped out for me was empathy. Mm. Um, and empathy not for the terror, but for what came after, right? Because sometimes when God shows up in mystical experiences, we were left, or at least I'm left, want, feeling like I don't know how to respond, right? We, we, we see Peter saying to Jesus, hey, let's make three big statues mm-hmm. because of, to mark this amazing moment because I don't know what else to right. do, but that seems yeah. right. 
Um, so they're empathy sometimes. Sometimes God shows up. I, I find um, one of the, the joys of my pastoral life is I get to proclaim um, a reading of the scripture every week of the world. Yeah. What feel, or 45 times a year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get to encounter uh, people who I care deeply about after the fact. Right? And, and sometimes you can just tell you have spoken to the soul of somebody. And they tell you that. But sometimes in that moment, I am in the right space and able to respond. And sometimes I'm left going, well, hooray, God, uh, <laughs> because I'm like Peter and I don't know how to respond to this thing that God has just done. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so as we encountered that, empathy was is what I was feeling with the disciples because so often in the walk with Christ we're left maybe not terrified, maybe terrified, I don't know, but mm-hmm. with that experience that is, um, I know this was holy, I know this was good, but I'm not sure what to do with it. Yeah. I feel like my, um, this is the perfect example of how emotions don't have to make sense to anyone but you, because listening is not an emotion as I would Mm. describe it typically, Mm. but yet that was what struck me was in that emotion and feeling space was that I needed to take the stance. And I know that seems like a funny word to pair with, uh, listening, but that the stance, this very active position that I need to be placing myself in is one that listens mm-hmm. um, instead of talking because, man, <laughs> I love to talk sometimes. But, you know, when you're talking, you Did can't... you record that? I, <laughs> okay. uh, but... I love all the, I love talking and we're all external processors. It's like people know we're hosting a podcast. Yes, right. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Um, know thyself. Uh, but no, like that, that was the emotion and it, mm. it informed my action. Cause at first when I sat with the action, I was like, I actually don't know what I'm called to do with this. And then when I went back to what I was feeling of taking mm. this active stance of listening, of living into kind of that space, I realized that, um, one of the spiritual practices that I have found formative in my um, adulthood is actually the practice of silence, of the practice mm. of just acknowledging God's presence with me and not feeling to the need to fill that space with a lot of my own words, but rather to just allow God's presence to be all that I need. And that's mm. been a practice I haven't been doing faithful. I was doing it faithfully again. And then, you know, life happens. We had tile floor put in to our home, got rid of the linoleum, which is great, but it, you know, threw the whole normal rhythms off. And so first rhythm that left was the practice of silence. Mm. Um, But that the invitation is actually just the small invitation to go back to five minutes of silence in the morning. That's it. The, the funny, the word that jumped out to me is tied into to what you said, where this this disembodied voice of God, mm-hmm. right, says, this is my son who I love. Listen yeah. to him. Um, and, and and maybe this is not the case for uh, folks with a different wiring than us, but I find like I have to be actively open in order to be open. Yeah. Otherwise, I am just talking. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's in prayer or in life, there there is active openness yeah. right, to say, I am creating space for this. There's action to do it, even though it feels like a very passive thing. Right. You have to act. For me, I have to actively create it 
Um, you would yeah. think my word was listen in this text because I heard it. I knew it was there, but mine was actually accept Jesus. Hmm. And I think it was that kind of like remembering mm-hmm. of that like baseline of like, mm-hmm. you know, all these others had been present. But then in the end, mm-hmm. the only person that was there was Jesus. Jesus. A lot of the things I was hearing tied back into part of our conversation from last week where we were talking about that you you were the one explaining the whole like and then you you figure out what to do from something like yeah. a, it should lead to something and i yeah. think this whole thing that peter's going through where he's i'll forget that he's terrified for a second right. <laughs> but but the whole it's actually a comment about this that mark like the author is making because yeah. he's going and this he's doing this because he doesn't know what he's talking about and uh-huh. because he doesn't know what to do yeah. literally with what he's encountering right now he doesn't know what to do with it and so it's like the human instinct base human instinct is to go like something really amazing is happening or happened like right here and i'm gonna build a shrine and like Uh maybe sometimes i'll come back to it like yeah and be like i'll remember that thing and and actually ties in with like what daniel was talking about about and about like when you pro if you over process it then it just becomes kind of dead and so we kind of have this tendency to want to just leave it like this Mm -hmm. thing in our past and like it was cool when we encountered it but what to do about it you know is the is um is kind of hard and i'm i'm still this is leading to me trying to figure out my you you put the whole two weeks like thing on it or i guess your professor did or somebody was like no set a set an actual action Uh because so my and i can feel myself my tendency wanting to be like i need to be more like active (laughs) which like isn't actually like me being more active it's just me and that's one of the beautiful things about lectio and kind of the way we laid it out is that it's all guidelines you know Mm, last week i think we said six verses Mm -hmm. and i think we did we had seven we had seven seven verses but it's a guideline and it's also a thing where like Mm -hmm. on a week like this where you know you come up with like i don't know what i'm being called to do or maybe the emotion is missing. Right. It's a guideline, right? Yeah. Maybe God is wrestling with you too strongly on what terrified means to be able to be ready to process out any of the other. But the great thing is, is if you do Lectio in a regular capacity, if you practice it once a day, once a week, yep. um, if you get to a point where you realize that, hey, I've been practicing this once a week for eight weeks now and I can never get to the action (laughs) then perhaps there's a block that you've put within yourself right Mm -hmm. and you can start to ask those deeper questions of why is it that I always leave this question blank right but then also some weeks you might come to it and you have the bigger vaguer thing I think when when you keep from our conversation last week and then even this week Kiefer kind of your comments of like Sometimes we try and analyze it away too quickly. Yeah. I think of um, Science Mike, who's on the Liturgist podcast. I've been and literally not you're just saying, channeling like trying science. to not say yeah. it because I talk about the Liturgist so much. But I know what you're going to but say. But he has Please this continue. powerful, you know, statement of that he actually doesn't talk about his mystical experiences anymore because he realized that he cheapened some of his earlier ones by talking about it too much. Mm -hmm. So I almost wonder for you, as we come to a mystical text today, if you feel like if that is almost, dare I say it, your action, which is just to be willing to be in the presence of the mystery. Right. Yeah. Being minus the word for anyone else. That word presence is is a tough one for me, I think. Yeah. And you've you you specifically have been talking about presence a lot lately, like trying to be 
be in a in a yeah because it's the thing that uh enneagram sevens do not no, like we don't. to do nope <laughs> i'm i am present in like even right now i'm present in like me editing this podcast and like mm-hmm. d- the things i'm gonna do after right now but yeah. i'm not I'm, it's like a difficult thing for me to i also sit. have the gift of being married to an enneagram nine, nine. and <sighs> nines are like my best friend is an enneagram they are nine and i wish so good <laughs> at presence so that you know i think rubs off on me some yeah yeah. So the question, the action may be not how do you build a shrine to the transfigured Christ, but right. how do you stay in the presence of the transfigured Christ? Yeah. How do I? Yeah. Just sit there, even if it's terrifying, even if you're going, I don't know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. And I still want, I still need that. I feel like a need for that to actually lead to, I think, I think the presence would lead to like more present action and like more knowing like this is how I move forward from uh reading this story or from you know encountering Christ like right in front of me like being able to tangibly do something from it you have to be present in that moment to really like understand its impact on you and not treat it like some the thing that happened in your brain you know I don't know it's a I don't know presence like is the thing that leads to action I think I like that it is I um if this has been something that's been powerful to you, this Lectio Divina, whether it's something that you're like, this is going to be just for me, or whether you think like, I want to find time with my family or um, with my spouse to carve out time to do this weekly, know that you can use a gospel, you can use anything to do Lectio with, but you can also use the Proverbs or the Psalms and, um, I've actually done a practice with the Proverbs where I just took the first, you know, six-ish verses, kind of whatever looked like a, this is a statement, and did Lectio one a day for 31 days. There you go. There's a month, 31 chapters in Proverbs. Um, And just did Lectio with it. And I'd like to say I did the other cool piece that you can do with it, but that'd be a lie. I didn't. But the cool thing that you can do with Lectio is after a month, of doing the Proverbs, just the first six-ish verses of a chapter, one a day for the month, is then in month two, repeat it. Mm. And in it, you yep. can almost begin to chart out a map of your own spiritual life. Well, as, as we were helping Kiefer process a minute ago, one of the things that was wrestling in my mind that mm-hmm. my two external processing colleagues didn't create space for to come out, what <laughs> um, <laughs> was that if... If you're struggling with, you know, you mentioned if you never get to action after you've been doing it for a month yeah. or eight weeks or whatever, um, one of the things that embracing the journaling, even if it's because I'll admit, you know, uh, I'm not a big journaler, mm-hmm. right? But for this Lectio practice, I have literally written down three words under one word and, you know, oh, well, uh-huh. um, one word on emotion and, and two words under action. Hmm. You can yeah. do that kind of journaling without mm-hmm. significant effort, but it does give you a chance to. You can do that in can, an app on your phone. You can do it in an app on your phone. You can do it on a napkin in your car. As long as you keep it in your car, you probably get a week on a napkin in your car <laughs> um, if you're driving right now. You can do that. And, and if it's that simple, it gives you a tool by which to, to go back and say, for the last eight weeks, you know, creating space has been the action that is coming up over and over again. Mm-hmm. What does that say about my life right now and where my soul is stirring? And so it is both and what is happening to you immediately, but you can also 
kind of see where you have been and where you are going. Yeah. Uh, tying to your doing the same Proverbs again yeah. uh, piece, it, it kind of gives you some some benchmarks to say, you know, because often we, we, we go through life, um, even if we're trying to be reflective, we, we don't have the data from six weeks ago. We can... I can barely remember what happened six weeks ago, right? Yep. Right. Much less what was happening and stirring in my soul six weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and so being able to go, uh, it, 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 to, to be able to see it, to own it, to name it, it, it gives us a chance to, to see what has changed and what is the same, to thank God for the progress that has happened, or to give to God the places where mm-hmm. it is clear that we're still wrestling and yeah. struggling and, and having a hard time creating space for. Yep. Um, given that ability to to encounter anew mm-hmm. and again what was a practice before absolutely so i hope that this has been formative for y'all this practicing this engaging with the lectio divina and that you've seen that it can be as simple and easy as a practice that you can do in about five minutes by yeah. yourself or it can go deep man you could spend those pockets and moments wrestling with those questions for 10 minutes a piece easy Um, and even just offering them in a meditative way holding that word or that phrase up to God over and over again Kiefer I think that might be a powerful practice for you with the word terrified of, of what is it you know that's happening there and just holding that in God's presence there's that word again for me too presence and um and it can be as as powerful for the the introverts in your life, yep. and it can be a powerful communication tool between spouses and families to check in with where one another are in their own spiritual lives, and even be able to map out where is God on the move in your life. Mm. How can we experience a God in whom we live, move, and find our being? Mm. That's it. Lectio invites us into that space. Thank you for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. And thanks again for listening and and, um, encountering Lectio Divina, uh, maybe for the first time like me, um, or if it's not your first time with it, we just thank you that you were a part of it and we all get to do this uh, together and and grow together and and encounter scripture together. Um, And it would be fantastic for uh, more and more people to encounter this with us. And so the best way that we can do that is uh, to leave reviews on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud um, and all the things so that we can um, get out there and, and like you and more things like it together and now that we have gathered together as a community in this place i'm going to invite you to grow and invite you to grow this week by engaging with this practice by using the 23rd song the next three weeks in worship we will be unpacking what message god has for us collectively in the season of craziness that is preparation for thanksgiving and But I'm going to invite you to to wrestle with what message God has for you. See what jumps off you. See how you feel as you encounter those words that have offered comfort to God's people. And see how God is inviting you to move and to act. And now go. Receive this benediction, this blessing that's meant to be lived out this week. 
you go knowing that the God of our ancestors is the God of our lives. May you go knowing that Christ can be found in the red and black ink on the page. And may you go knowing that the Holy Spirit will go with you in the answered questions.